You're listening to the Formation Church Podcast. Formation exists to be a safe place for hurting people to find healing relationship with Jesus. For more information about the ministry of Formation in Salt Lake City, Utah, visit our website at formationslc.com. For those of you that don't know, uh, Pastor Tyler and I started planting churches together in 2008, so it's been a minute. And um, of those now over 15 years, I think, he could speak for himself, I would say for me personally, the last three have by far been the most difficult, which if you knew our whole story is really saying something. (laughs) And, uh, And I would say really the hardest part for me personally has just been Um, what has felt like this constant battle to hold us together. Because there have been so many, so if 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 you're new to formation, you don't know, like we were 18 months old when COVID hit. And so that's just (laughs) devastating to be on YouTube when you're 18 months old as a church. So just trying to keep us together in the midst of that has just been so, so hard. So we had COVID that hit. There's all of this like social, political division that existed. Our church was not immune to that by any means. Uh, We have all, I think, post-COVID, whether we realize it or not, uh, had emotional health issues. Like it's been hard. Like I haven't been exempt from that either. Like it's just been, it's a lot that we've been through. We've had a ton of transition. We lost one facility. We were meeting at another one. We came here, which was never our plan. And now we're in like this tiny house of a church. And, uh, and it's been good. And then most recently, we spent the first six months of this year trying to navigate what, uh, in all reality, became a church split, and 25% of our congregation left inside of uh, almost just one month, which, for those of you that were, t- were touched by that, you know how hard that was. You can imagine how heartbreaking and difficult it is to try to lead through something like that, to try to hold a community together in the midst of it. So all of that to say... It's been a really long, hard three years, and we are super tired. And Pastor Tyler is particularly tired. And so as a result, we are, and this is the announcement, okay? And then then we'll just be okay, and everybody can be at ease. He's not dying. He's going on a sabbatical, okay? (laughs) That's that's, that's what's going to, I just feel like I got to get this out of the way, or it's going to be uncomfortable few minutes. Um, and so he's going on sabbatical. Now, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar, because I know like a lot of jobs don't have that, it's very common in ministry, it's common in academia, and in some other fields. But a sabbatical is not just uh, an extended vacation. Um, it is really an extended time away from one's vocational responsibilities for the purpose of being able to rest and to recharge and to refocus. And so that's what uh, we are going to be sending uh, Pastor Tyler on, uh, effective immediately. So this will be his last morning with us for uh, a minimum of three months and potentially upwards of six. And, um, and so what that's going to mean just practically, just so everybody knows, he won't be at services. He's not going to be in like any church meetings that we have. He won't be at church-wide events. Um, he's really going to be trying to step back. And I really want to explain why this is necessary and, so, and, and really like how we can best support him and how we, I think there's tremendous opportunity for us to reset some things within our community in light of this decision. And so I've been trying to think about like what's the most succinct way to describe why this is necessary. And I think that the, the best summary I've found <clears throat> that's at least the shortest is for the past six years in particular 
Pastor Tyler has really had to overfunction, and we as a community have underfunctioned, meaning far too much weight and responsibility has fallen on him. For those of you that don't know, and I think this is just a really great time for everyone to be reminded, we don't pay him, which might be a surprise to you based on how much work he does, but we don't pay him. So he is no different than anybody else in this room with the sole exception of me. I'm the only one who is on paid vocational staff here. So he has his own personal life. He has his company, MyXP, that he runs. And then in addition, he has served for six years at an almost full-time capacity as a part of our church, which is insane. I've only done this job, and I've almost walked into traffic like six times. (laughs) I can't imagine trying to, not really, calm down. (laughs) I can't imagine trying to you know, manage all of that. It's just been a lot. And so the way that this is kind of like what I was talking about last week, if you were here for my message, where what happens so many times in our relationships, but it can also happen in an organizational, which I hate referring to the church as an organization, but practically speaking, it is one of the things we are. And so even in organizations, what can happen is an individual can have to overfunction or do too much, and a community is underfunctioning and doing too little. So there becomes this great imbalance in the relationship, if you will. So like an example of the way that this can play out is, as I would argue, like in Tammy and I, in our house, we overfunction at time as parents. One example would be more days than not, Tammy and I still make breakfast for our almost all teenage children. It's, it's probably, <laughs> I, feel, I felt tremendous empathy come from Angela in the midst of that. She's familiar. <laughs> and it's not, because they're, it's not because they're not capable. Like, sometimes you just get into this habit, this is what we do, and, and sometimes it's just easier to, like, do it yourself than, than have cream cheese everywhere. Like, all, all of those things are part of it. But, but that's an example of, like, an over-functioning, under-functioning relationship. And when you have that to too extreme of a degree, it just becomes so depleting for the person who is over-functioning in the midst of it. And so... The, what, what I really, the reason that I wanted to, to not just do a normal sermon this morning and really make this the crux of, of what we spend a little bit of time thinking about and considering together is I, I really do believe, and I'm, in, I'm included in this, so this is not me directing anything at you. There's a gentle rebuke in this for all of us. And so there is a shared responsibility that has been at play in the midst of this. And and that includes, and we've done little but talk about all of this all week, and so we're still very much in the midst of processing through it, but the truth is Pastor Tyler has some responsibility, I have some responsibility as an individual, and we have some responsibility as a community. So I know that if he could do it without crying, what Pastor Tyler would probably say, his responsibility is, is like he, God has wired him in such a way, it's probably like for all of us, you know, like all of our strengths is a combination of our God-given personality and our own dysfunction. And so Tyler has always, I've known him for 28 years now, he has always been wired in a way that if he sees any ball even potentially going to be dropped, he is eager and willing to pick it up and run. And, and, I, and I would say that he has had to do that for the last six years in particular to a degree that is just not sustainable. Now, my responsibility in it is I was I didn't I hadn't really thought about this until this week but you know so we started our first church in 2008 he was a district manager with Starbucks at the time which was a job that it's a it's a busy hard job but it has a lot of flexibility and when we started we functioned uh, so in such a simplistic manner 
in our first church because we just had, I'm not like being self-deprecating. We had no idea what we were doing. Like I had never really been trained, like even how to prep sermons. Like we just, we didn't really know what we were doing. So everything we did was extremely simple. And he was serving in a similar way that he does now, very different capacity, but everything we did was just, was much easier to do. And even then, after a couple years, we really felt like with, with, we cannot continue to have you doing your job with Starbucks and function in this way with any amount of integrity. Because at this point, Starbucks is like two clicks from paying you to be a pastor here, and that didn't feel right. So we made the decision within just a couple of years uh, at Redemption, our church in Chicago, to bring him on staff full-time. And then what he does here was his full-time job. And then we moved when I was hired to take a a large existing church in North Carolina. Tyler came too, and he was full-time paid to run our staff of, at the time, about 27 people. It was a church over 1,000 people, very complicated, uh, lots of interpersonal conflict, a severe lack of health when it came to leadership culture. So it was a real, real bear. And so after 18 months of that, <clears throat> that it, it was just clear that health was not going to come, and so we made the, the, the difficult decision to leave. And that is what launched us to that really healthy place, is what launched us <laughs> to come to the least church city in America and try to start a new one right before a pandemic. Um, and so we came here. Now, now here's the, this is the mistake that I made, and I've already apologized to him to this, and I want you to hear it as well. Um, I made no adjustment to the way that I worked with him when we got here, even though we didn't pay him, and it wasn't his full-time job. He had started MyXP, his company, at the exact same time that we were starting Formation, and we just continued to function in the way that we have learned how to function together over the last 15 years, and it put a very unfair amount of weight and pressure onto his shoulders in addition to having an actual vocation that he was responsible for. And that was a huge fail on my part. Now, our collective responsibility, of which I get to take ownership in this too, is like the way that I said that he is uh, too eager and willing, I think, to pick up uh, anything that gets dropped and to run with it, I would argue that we have been way too willing to let him do so. And I do think that, that almost all of us have opportunity to take responsibility in the midst of this. And I would really invite you to do so. Even if it's like in just this, if it's a real minuscule kind of way, I think that oper- these kinds of situations provide us with the opportunity to look inward and to see like, Lord, what do you want me to see in the midst of this? And so I would say like <clears throat> a microcosm of this is the language I would use is I feel like on, at any church event, by and large, he's the first one there and the last person to leave. And that's just irrefutable. And in addition, almost every second that he is in our presence, we treat him like human Google. And any problem that comes, there's very little attempt on our part to like solve any problems and to figure things out. Everybody just goes, where's Tyler? And so I just want you to think about how tiring of an experience that is to come to church and to know that uh, he did the math, I can't even remember, we've had something like 265 services, he has served at over 255 of them, which is a lot, and that's just here, that doesn't take into account North Carolina and redemption before that, like if we have had together, you know, 2,000 services, I guarantee you he has served at over 95% of them, not attended, served, and, and it's just too much for any one person to do all of that. And, and it has just become apparent over the last couple of months that he's just understandably and rightfully 
exhausted. And so all of that goes into this decision that, you know what, we, we have the opportunity to give him an opportunity that he deserves, more than deserves, more than has earned, to be able to just catch his breath a little bit. While, and again, keep this in mind, still doing his actual job. <laughs> like if I take a sabbatical, it's from my actual job, and he takes a sabbatical from his like extra job, I guess. So he still has like all of this normal stuff, but he's gonna, this is the only, of his kind of three buckets of responsibility, this is the only place that he really has the space and opportunity to take a step back from. So I think that because of this imbalance that has developed in our culture, that we really have an opportunity to spend these next few months correcting that, to bring balance. I love this talk of balance. It makes me feel like the force is real. <laughs> I feel like Yoda this morning. This is great. So I want to I I talk about just two really important ways that we can go about really correcting this. Because some, to, to some degree, the longevity of this sabbatical, it'll be determined by two things. It'll be determined by uh, his own, how he's feeling and how he's doing. But then also, have we figured out how to balance some of this stuff? Because like, let's say he just went on a sabbatical for a month. What we would do is we would just like limp along for a month going, thank God Tyler's going to be back in a month. And, and I, I want us to go into this sabbatical with him as though, this isn't the case, but as though he wasn't coming back. If he wasn't here, how would we function without him? Well, the last six years, the answer would be not well. And so we have to figure out how to do that so that when he comes back, he gets to come back as a member of this church and a volunteer pastor who just serves like a volunteer pastor and not like a full-time staff member. So there's two ways I think that we can really help correct this. Number one is we can allow him to recover. And that is one of the most important. We can allow him to recover, which means that we just would feel an immense that we would feel an immense amount of support and love for him, sure. But then also like communicate that as well. And, and I would say that, and I don't think this is just true of our church culture. I think it's true of culture in, at large. We just have become, it's, it's like we have devolved as a culture and we have gotten so bad at expressing gratitude and appreciation and encouragement. And, and that's something I think that we have a real opportunity to be like countercultural in and try to do what Jesus invites us and commands us to do, which is to encourage one another. So what I would really encourage you to do is like feel free to text him. Like only sociopaths like to talk on the phone, so maybe don't call him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, write cards, you know, go just real old school and, and send a handwritten card. I, no one has ever received a handwritten card and been anything other than elated. You're like, this is like, this is, a, it's so uncommon that, that I would argue like, even go beyond the text and just write a card. Take a few days and think about how God might want to use you to be a source of encouragement to him. And then use your hand and a pen and write that down and send that to him. And I think that would be a tremendous encouragement. I know some, some people like to get gifts and, and give stuff to him because he's not going to be here. My encouragement would be like, take that and drop that off at his house. Don't, like sometimes people are like, I'm bringing a gift for you. And by the way, I'm going to hang out for like four hours. And uh, I'm not naming anybody, but like that has, that has happened before. And uh, I'm, I am bent on keeping as, as uncomfortable as possible for the next few minutes. <laughs> Uh, but just drop that off. We really are trying to pull back and to give him space to be able to rest. And so if you want to drop something, that's awesome. 
I will say, whether it's this afternoon, if you get to spend some time with him over the next couple of months, here's something that's very, very important. Do not interact with him as though he has been diagnosed with a terminal illness. <laughs> because that really happened. Like, I'm like, I had, a, I had a really rough spot two years ago, and Pastor Tyler led this really beautiful service. I was not there where he invited people to come up and to encourage and affirm me. And I got to watch that after the fact and sit on my deck for like two hours and cry. And it was really real ble- a huge blessing to me. And when I was back the next week, it was awkward because everybody was like, are, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm just real tired. So I think the more you can interact in a non-awkward way with him, uh, the better. Fair? All right, good. Uh, and, 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 and here's what I really want to ask. If you communicate with him, you spend time with him, because like, he is not just a pastor te- here, he also has friendships represented in this room as well. And so if you spend time with him, do not talk about church. Don't do it. That'll, I guarantee that'll be the last time you see him during his sabbatical, because I will help police that. That's the most important thing, is that we not turn it into, it's just very, and it's, it's, it's okay, but oftentimes, any amount of time spent with uh, leadership in the church gets turned into like a church business meeting. Unintentionally, people are curious and want to understand and know, and that's entirely understandable. But one of the ways that we can allow him to recover is to kind of hold this space around him. We're, we're not going to let this seep in. This time is about you resting and recharging. Does that make sense? And really, I, I, I want to root this biblically, and so I want to come back to a passage that we looked at last week, and I think we have such a practical way to be able to put this into action in what I'm talking about. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, Paul writes, carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And I want you to hear this. There is not a single individual that is a part of our church or has been for the last six years, that has done that more faithfully for us than him. Not one person, including me. And we have a critical opportunity to now return that favor by giving him the space that he needs to be able to recover. So that's number one. How do we correct this? Number one, we allow him to recover. Number two is, super simple, we all do our part. We all do our part. So we're not looking for another individual to step up and to take on all of the weight that Tyler's been carrying. That has been problematic. That is emotionally depleting. So we're not trying to just replicate that. Believe it or not, I already do have a full-time job here, so I can't just pick up all of his stuff because I don't even know how to do most of it, to be quite honest. And so what, what we really need is we, collectively as a community, all need to step up and to do our part. And if we do that, then, it, then no crushing amount of weight falls on any one person because, again, we're all functioning at a level to which we're contributing and doing our part. And so a handful of ways that that, that, that needs to look, one is just, and we've continued to, to ring this bell and we'll continue to do so, but just I want to ask that you would participate fully. And, and for us, that means that you're attending when you're in town or you're not sick, like be here present with us, not just in services, but... Um, at like if we, Friendsgiving in November, things like that, that just as we have community events together, that we are there and present. Uh, I want to ask that you continue to, if you already are, and, and if you're not, to step up and actually serve, which I'll talk about in just a little bit more uh, in a few minutes. Um, giving 
financially to what God is doing here. God has blessed all of us that are still here through this, and so if we're not helping to continue this church be able to function together, that is one very practical way. And another is to jump into community. So if you haven't jumped into a community group and you don't have community here, then that's another real practical way. But I want to ask that for us to all do our part means that we would participate fully. Secondly, I really want to invite all of us to eager and joyful service because that is the biggest gap that there will be with Tyler stepping back is just an unbelievable amount of service that takes place. So if you don't currently serve in some capacity, I would love to invite you uh, to do so. Um, and I would say like one, one practical thing, like so for instance, if you have children in formation kids, you'll see like not every week, but a lot of weeks Tyler has to send out like eight texts trying to get people to serve in that area. And I've heard him refer to it as it feels like people are playing chicken with one another and with me when it comes to service in that area. So it's like people kind of waiting until the last minute to, to jump in and to be able to do that. And so my encouragement would be the moment there's an opportunity to be able to get our schedule for our teams solidified, then look at your schedule, make it a priority to help us know that we're going to be able to offer this ministry that is so vital to our church. And so really look for, for eager and joyful ways to be able to serve. And if there's other things that arise, because I've been asked about that a, a lot as I've had a handful of conversations, like what can we do? He and I are going to spend the next couple of weeks still kind of working through some of that stuff. And if there are unique or more opportunity to step up, then make no mistake, I will communicate that uh, very, very clearly and quickly to you. And then the last thing is just to really take full responsibility in whatever capacity you do contribute and serve here. So if you have, like, for instance, if you are one of our um, admins, you're overseeing an area, like, do that job all the way as best that you can and really seek to understand how does my area work, where does everything go. I talked about this at prayer, but if you, if you serve on a team here, you know, we do team prayer at 930 before our service, and at the end of prayer, Pastor Tyler always takes an opportunity to, uh, to make a couple of announcements. One of them is always the same. He says, check the services app. Because in your area, wherever you serve, there's like a checklist so you know everything that needs to be done. And I've teased him about like, he says it every single time. We've teased him, he says it every single time. Guess what happens every week? Something doesn't get done. Because the checklist doesn't get looked at. And so I, I would say, I've had a handful of people be like, what, what, what do we need to do, what do we need to do, what do we need to do? And like 99% of it is, is do what we've been asked to do. It isn't new things. It's so many of these little balls behind us that get dropped that he's then coming and picking up. And so let's really be diligent about some of these things that we already know to do and to really care. And that's, that's what I really, I, I want you to hear in the midst of this as I've been praying this week about how to communicate this. I'm trying to walk this line because it, in, in no way do I want to uh, create a sense of anxiety and fear in us. Like, oh my gosh, what's happening? I do want you to hear that what we're currently doing isn't sustainable. So it's important to, like, to be honest about that. If we continue to function in this manner, we won't make it for the long haul because it's just too tiring. But I don't, I don't want, there, there doesn't need to be fear about that. There needs to be a sense of urgency like, all right, I love these people, I love this place, and I just want to do my part to ensure that we continue to grow and to flourish as we move into the future because if we do that, if we pull together, if we all care, and if we all do our, our part, the future is so bright. Salt Lake City needs our church. Some days I wish it didn't. 
but it does. And so we have to figure out how to function in a way that is sustainable. And that means that we all have to do our part. And so here's what I want to do. I'm done. That's the end of the announcement. We're okay. Okay. We're going to be back next week. We're still having church. Still going to train community group leaders. Still going to do Friendsgiving. I know you're really excited about that. So everything, everything is fine. And we just are constantly trying to step up and, and to do our part. That's the invitation in the midst of all of this. And so what I want to do is I want to, I want to pray for us that God would help lead us into the future and how that we actually do that. And then we're going to take an opportunity to pray for Pastor Tyler. And I'll explain that in just a second. So before that, why don't we go ahead and bow our heads and then I'm going to pray for us. Jesus, uh, we are your church. The church was your idea. The church is meant to exist for your glory and for our good. And no church, including ours, is perfect and doing everything right. More often than not, we get in our own way and we overcomplicate your call to love you and to love one another well, which ultimately is our mission and ultimately the very means through which you form us in your image. And so, Lord, we ask that you would give us wisdom and insight for the road ahead. How do we function in a way, Lord, that is more sustainable for everyone? Lord, would you give us the strength and the energy? Because the truth is, Lord, you know we are all tired. We're all weary. The, 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 the last few years has been hard for everyone, and we need your strength, and we need your energy, and we need you to be big where we feel small. We need you to be strong where we feel weak. We need you to be brave where we are afraid. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would be God to us, that you would protect your church, that you would grow your church, and we thank you, Lord, that in the midst of all of this, that we can always move into the future without fear because you are with us. And I pray, God, that this next season would be an amazing experience of your presence with us and your presence with Pastor Tyler. Lord, we love you, and we ask that you would help us in Jesus' name. Amen.